Well, good morning, church. Uh, I can't wait for the day that we can all be back together in the same room, worshiping together. I've been so encouraged uh, over the last couple of weeks as I've heard stories of of many of us connecting digitally, connecting on things like Zoom and FaceTime and taking those opportunities. So I wanna encourage you to continue to do that. Uh, continue to check in on one another, continue to use those opportunities to pray for and care for and love one another uh, in this season that we find ourselves in. Well, I can't believe that we are only two weeks away from Easter. And so uh, this morning and for the next two weeks, we're going to be uh, looking at Jesus's road to the cross. Um, We're going to be looking at how Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem how he didn't run the other direction, how he set his face toward the cross, um, toward suffering even, how Jesus set his face toward hardship, and he didn't turn and run the other way away from it. And we're going to see how Jesus is unwavering in his mission. And his mission is this, to seek and to save that which is lost. Church, Easter, as we approach it, is the declaration that in the face of a seemingly hopeless situation that Jesus found himself in, on the path to suffering, on a path of sacrifice and hardship, that God, through Jesus, out of all of that, out of all that hardship, brings hope. And God, through Jesus, brings life and glory and even fullness to those who believe. And so church, what we're facing right now, many of us, all of us, even globally, uh, what many are saying is a seemingly even a hopeless situation. Many of us right now, this week, are having to make great sacrifices personally. Um, And there are certainly many in our world that are suffering as a result of all the things happening in our world right now. Well, church, I want to encourage you that, that even now, right now in this season, as we look forward and toward Easter, we can cling to the truth of the gospel, the truth that God takes that which is hopeless and he brings great hope. Uh, That God, through Jesus, can take even sacrifice and loss and bring to us, his children, fullness and life because of our hope in the cross and his glorious resurrection. And so the road to the cross reminds us that God takes that which is lifeless and void and he brings life and salvation and even glory. The road to the cross was hard. Uh... There were many hardships, there were much suffering, but in the end, it was glorious. And so church, be reminded in this season that we celebrate the fact that our God, through his only begotten son, brings beauty from the ashes. Cling to that hope. Now, the scripture that we're going to be in this morning is one of the most profound sections of scripture where we see Jesus walking toward the cross, not running away from it. We see him uh, moving toward even suffering for our salvation. And we see this uh, most profoundly and most beautifully in the Garden of Gethsemane. Listen to these words found in Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 42. Um, God's word says this. 
And they, Jesus and his disciples, went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John. And they began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he, Jesus, fell on the ground and he prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and he found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and he prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy. And he did not know what to answer him. And he came a third time, and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise. Let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Here in this powerful section of scripture, we see Jesus like we've never seen him before. He says things like this. He says, my soul is sorrowful, even to the point of death. And he talks about being distressed. I mean, we're used to seeing Jesus be so confident. We're used to seeing him walk into situations and being seemingly unflappable. And yet here, as he's approaching the cross, about to face the wrath of God for us, he asks his dad something. And he basically says where it says Abba, that just means dad. And he says, dad, can't you do anything? Can you take this cup from me? Do I have to go through with this? Does it really have to be this way, father? Please, father, take this away. And then Jesus, with his face set toward the cross, says these amazing words. He says, not my will, but yours, father. And he says it three times, it tells us. Now, I have four children. And as a father of four children, I cannot imagine my sons and my daughters coming to me and begging me. I mean, in, in the other gospels, it says that Jesus is literally to the point of sweating drops of blood. That's the level of agony and distress that he's in. And he's distressed and he's sorrowful and he's looking up at his father and he's begging him to take away the suffering. I can't imagine as a father hearing that from my sons or from my daughters. And he's saying, dad, is there any other way? Please take it away if there is. But church, catch this. The Bible says that because the Father has loved you and he loves me, that he sent his only begotten son 
to that bloody cross. So church, no matter what is happening in your life right now, no matter the suffering that you're enduring right now or that you will be enduring moving forward, no matter the trials that we face, church, you can always look right here to the garden. You can always look right here to the garden as Jesus sets his face to the cross and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves you because he sent his only begotten son to that cross for you and I, that we might find life and hope and joy, even though it was so costly for him. And so, church, I can't say this strongly enough. We should never, ever, ever be a people that question the love of God for us. An almighty, a holy God would go through that and love us so much that he would send his son to the cross. Hebrews chapter 7 says it this way, that he's able to save us to the uttermost. That Jesus went to the very uttermost lengths to save and seek that which was lost and bring us into the fold, into the family. And so church, even in uncertain times, even in suffering, even in sacrifice, look to the garden and we will know that God has not forgotten you, that God loves you. The garden shows us and the cross proves to us that God's love through Christ will never run out, that he is with you, and that his eye is on you. First Peter gives us uh, an amazing encouragement. Looking at the cross, knowing what Jesus endured, knowing what he suffered, First Peter chapter 5 says this in light of that reality. He encourages us and says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Catch this. Casting your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by the brotherhood throughout the world. And after you've suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And he ends this way. I have written you briefly, exhorting and declaring that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. Church, Peter reminds us that this is the true grace of God. And he says, stand firm in it. Place your hope in it. Place your weight on it. This is Peter's view of what it means to be a Christian. 
See, he says, he's meaning this, that the cross of Christ is the surprising secret to life. And when we look to the cross, when we look to Jesus, we see how life really works. The surprise is this, that life comes from death and power comes from defeat and fullness comes from giving away and redemption comes from suffering, and gain comes from loss. The gospel points to Jesus on the cross, to him suffering and dying, and says this, there's the most brilliant move that God ever made. There is your better future. There is your greatest hope. Everything that is impressive in this world, everything that we think, wow, that's what I want, that will let you down. I mean, just take a look at the last couple of weeks we've had. All of the things we thought were so sure no longer seem sure. But the cross cannot fail you. The cross is where God's love and blessing are gushing out on unworthy people like you and me. And through Christ, we can have it. We can have God. And God is willing to give it to us. And he wants to show us the way. And the apostle Peter lived, learned how to live under the shadow of the cross. And it was hard for Peter to learn. And it will be hard for us to learn. The way of Jesus is not ease, but the way of Jesus is often sacrifice and hardship that leads to life and fullness. And Peter learned how to live in Christ crucified, that he would share in his sufferings and also would share in his glory. He learned to live in that surprise of God. And he wrote about it. And he told us how we can get there today. He says that the cross is the true grace of God for you and I today and forever. And then Peter says, stand firm in that. Stand in it. Be rooted in it. No matter what is going on around us. Stand firm in it today in the days of head in the true grace of God. I love you, church. Let's stand firm in that which was purchased for us, the very cross of Christ, the good news of the gospel. Let's pray together this morning. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have made a way for us. We thank you that you endured uh, much suffering and hardship, but in the end, God, it produced life and glory. We thank you that from the ashes came great beauty. We thank you that often the way up is down and that your kingdom is an upside down kingdom. And so God, help us to cling to that reality Help us to stand firm in the grace that you've given to us. Help us to take up our cross and bear it. God, I do pray for my brothers and sisters that may be experiencing loss and hardship even now. Lord, would they take hope in the unwavering love of the Father right now? May they look to the garden and they would stand firm in the love of that you poured out for us in Gethsemane and on the cross and that you'd fill us with your life and with your hope and with your glory. Lord, we love you. We trust you. 
in these uncertain times. You are never changing and you are always certain. And so we stand firm in you. In Christ's name we pray, amen.